Jeremy and I are talking about 3D printers, and the next day I see an ad for a 3D printer. It's not because my phone was listening to me. It's because the systems that are in place can figure out that I want a 3D printer and show me an ad for it. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcotte. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Jeremy Marcotte with Hook SEO, and I'm here with Matt Rouse. Say hi, Matt. Hello. And we've got Michelle DeLude from Destinations Hypnosis and Jane Crawford from The Book of Jane with us again today. Hi, ladies. Hello. So today we're going to talk about live video and video marketing. It's kind of where we're heading with things, right? People want to see stuff. They want to hear stuff. They want to go live to know that not everything's polished and perfect. So let's get into it. Live video. I'm okay at it. I did the whole gaming thing for a little bit. I'm going to get back into it. Jane goes live quite frequently. What's your process? I don't have one. You don't, you don't have one. All right. She does. Your process like, is turn the, turn so the I make sure that I look cute. That's the first thing. I like live a lot because it is live. Like there's no going back. I mean, you can on Facebook stop live in the middle and delete it really quickly, but I tend not to do that because I like the rawness of it. And I've made a lot of mistakes. Like I'll say, okay, so I'm selling this thing for $10. Oh, wait, no, I meant $25, not $10, (laughs) you know? And I just kind of feel like you just sort of roll with it. And what I'm always shocked about is how many people actually watch it? Mm-hmm. Because I can get a little weird about how many views you get. You know, you go check it frequently. Yeah. But the really cool thing is, is that when I see somebody out in Beaverton somewhere, they'll say, oh, I watch everything you do. Which right. you kind of don't feel like sometimes people are watching you, but they are. They just don't comment now or they don't, you know, but they're they're watching it. So I like to call them lurkers. Yes. I they mean, watch and read and stuff like that, but they don't comment or hit the like button or anything. Yeah. They're, just, they're, they're always watching. I have learned that I make myself notes now and that it's okay if I look down at my notes and just so I'm making sure I'm getting things right. Because I used to kind of just like, like go forward with right. it, mm-hmm. but I've learned that I need to sort of plan out things a little bit better. But yeah, I totally dig it, man. I have no problem with it at all. Now you also have a YouTube channel. I do have a YouTube the channel. The Book of Jane. The Book of Jane. And you talk about, well, besides just like stuff in your life, you also talk about stuff for your businesses and then some spa reviews. I do. I do spa reviews, which I adore. So just so people will understand where the concept came from in my body work, in my licensed massage therapy life, people would be on my table and we would have conversations and people ask me what I thought about a situation. And I would say, well, the book of Jane says, you know, like, this is my opinion. That's it. You know, there's nothing attached to it. So that's how I came up with the book of Jane. And then I realized that I was a huge fan of spas and I would come home and talk about it and people didn't have any idea what was even inside a spa, what to purchase, how long to spend, how do you tip out there, what do you take with you? And it kind of organically grew from my client base wanting more information just about my love of spas. And then one day I woke up and like, yeah, we're going to create a business. And I tell people it's like 
you know, like the movie reviewers or food critics, right? it's mm-hmm. the same thing. I just go in. I have this list of 10 things that I check off, and I'm, ne- I'm not mean. I'm never mean or ugly. I might just say, mm, wouldn't buy that treatment, you know, but I give a pretty good clear view about what you're supposed to do. Nice. And uh, so you and Michelle have been doing some live video stuff on Facebook, right? Don't you, do you just do Facebook? You do Instagram, too? Have you tried YouTube Live yet? I am not a fan of Instagram. So, no, I have not been there. And I invite Michelle every time I do a live. And sometimes she says yes, and sometimes she says no. So, um, but I'm... I can be real spontaneous, and I have not done a... And we're doing live right now. Yeah. We're live in our Woo-hoo. Digital Marketing Masters discussion group yes. on Facebook. Um, but I have not tried live on YouTube yet, so I'm kind of tugged into that right. Facebook community. So, Lo- love it. Love it. Right? <laughs> and view-wise, like, on the Book of Jane, you're not, like, crushing it with, like, a million views or anything like that, right? Because that's not what it's for. No, it's not right? for that, no. It's for your local community and stuff like that. But, I mean, we do have clients and people that we work with who are in those hundreds of thousands and millions of views, whether it's Facebook or YouTube or things like that. So I thought because you guys use live video and because you have a YouTube channel, I thought today would be a good way to kind of have a little discussion about how you can step those things up a level. Okay. And I think the first thing is that there's a change to how algorithms work. And I don't want to get too technical because there's no need to understand the technology of it to understand why it works the way it does and what that actually means. Yes, keep it very clear for me. So we're going to try to be as clear as possible. Okay, yay. So what an algorithm is for is to figure out What things can we show to people that will make them stay on our platform longer? That's what an algorithm does. If it's Facebook's algorithm, its job is to figure out what to show you on Facebook that will make you stay on Facebook or bring you back to Facebook. That's the whole job of the algorithm, okay? YouTube, what are you going to watch and what are you going to watch next and what will have you watch longer? That's what the algorithm is for. So your content has to be geared towards the result that the algorithm is trying to get, which is getting people to stay on the platform longer. Okay. Right? So everybody's clear so far on what the algorithm does? Yes. Yes. Okay. The next thing is, how does it figure that out is the question, right? And the way that it figures it out is by looking at the types of things that people do, like the activities that they do. And so let's talk about YouTube specifically. So when somebody's on YouTube and they go on there, maybe they do a search, they're like, how to fix my garage door or whatever, right? Whatever brought them there in the first place, then YouTube looks at that person. They have a profile of the demographics of that person, right? How old are they? Are of they the male person or female? Viewing of the person me. viewing Okay. All right? right. Yes. And then they put suggested videos down the side. Correct. Now... After you watch your video, do you watch the next one that automatically comes up or do you look down the ones that are on the side or the bottom if you're on a phone or a tablet, right? And which ones do you click? And if you click it, how long do you watch it? And if you do watch the whole one, what's the next thing that you watch? And this happens over and over and over and over and over. 
after a while, it starts to learn that people who like this certain type of content, people who are in this demographic group, are more likely to click on these types of videos, and they're more likely to watch these types of videos longer. And it says, where does the graph cross between will click on it and will watch it longer? Okay. And these things are called click-through rate and watch time. So click-through rate is what is the picture on your video and what is the title of it? Those are the two things that drive people to click on it. Because if they don't click on it, they can't watch it. So YouTube doesn't give a shit what the watch time is because you haven't clicked on it yet, right? Wow. So, so that thumbnail is super important. The yes. thumbnail is the most important thing. Most important thing. Okay. And then the second most important thing is the title. And the title needs to even be like a little bit clickbaity. Like it has to be like a good example would be say, if this was a YouTube video, it would be like, what are the two things YouTube doesn't tell you that make your videos get more views? Right. That's a title that someone, and then we'd have a thumbnail that would have like us with our microphones and everything, but maybe we'd be like outlined in yellow and it would have like a, a word on, so it's like bam or something. You oh know, yeah, like, you it's know, a thing. Some kind of thing, right? It's to, a thing. to make it better to click on, right? Mm -hmm. I have even seen in some cases what people will do is they take a screenshot of what YouTube looks like and they'll take their thumbnail in Photoshop and put it over in, in spots on YouTube over other thumbnails to see if it stands out compared to the other ones. And they'll test different colors and stuff till they find one that stands out before they upload it. So, I mean, people can get pretty technical about I'm it. I'm getting a little headache. Yeah, I was going to say, Jane just glazed over. She's like, too much work. <laughs> what I'm saying, I mean, for your specific channel, maybe that's, you know, a little beyond. But if, if somebody's goal is to get more people to watch it, Right. That thumbnail has to stand out. Uh -huh. It has to grab somebody's attention immediately. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to read the headline. So the headline has to be something that's going to get them to click it. And then once they click it, it's watch time. And the watch time is, is a combination of a whole bunch of different metrics, but the kind of the best ones are the percentage of the video that they watched and how many actual minutes did they watch. Do you want me to tell you a secret? Sure. So I have a little Judge Judy fetish. Right? You know a lot I'm, of people do. Like a serious. <laughs> and so I'm never home when she's on, right? And then I discovered that she's on YouTube, but people are videotaping the TV show. Right. And loading it up on YouTube. On YouTube, right. Which I'm like, it's ingenious. Brilliant. Right. Yeah. And they have thousands of subscribers and millions of views. And that there's this big news sticker on right. the thumbnail that makes me click it. There you go. Right? So I was like... So do you have a new sticker on your videos? No, but I'm, I'm just tell, I'm telling you a little secret about myself here. Let's, right? You know, like when I discovered that I could watch Judge Judy anytime I wanted. <laughs> right? right. Judge <laughs> Judy on demand. YouTube, sh YouTube could detect those things if they wanted to yeah. and remove them. They're just not. Well, sometimes they're, they'll get removed because I'm, I'm thinking right. CBS or whoever, or uh, you know, owns it's like taking them down. Yep. But like there's so many people right behind them like loading them back up again it's a thing man and and yeah. i've started paying attention to the thumbnails because i hang out with you so That's right little, thumbnail is almost secret everything. yeah so some tricks that you can do to get people to watch your video longer mm -hmm. one of those things is to tell somebody what your video is going to be about so that they know if it's what they actually want to watch and then tell them something that you're going to tell them at the end and michelle we talked about this with priming 
right? When yep. we were talking about the episode on priming. So priming someone to watch your video more would be like, today we're going to talk about the two things that you need to get more views on YouTube, right? The first one that we're going to talk about is click-through rate. And the second one we'll talk about in a minute. But I want to make sure you listen to the very end because once we get to the end, I'm going to tell you a secret that nobody tells you about YouTube. Is that going to make me watch to the end? Some of uh, Probably. A lot of people, yeah. Some really? people will, some people would won't. It, would it make you watch to the end, Michelle? It depends if it's somebody re that I really, really like. Because you would watch them anyway? Probably. Okay. <laughs> I think that <laughs> so might irritate helps, me a little right? bit. Like, it does. Really, it, it, like... It, yeah, it irritates some, but Matt's right. Am I right. going to no, no. slide it, it happens to the all end? the time. Now, yeah. you remember television from before the Netflix era, obviously, right? Right. There was television so, before Did you Netflix? ever watch a show called Weird. Dallas? Yes. Oh, my God. What was at the, <laughs> the end of every episode of Dallas? Then what? Uh, it's a cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Okay. Right? I, I Stay can... tuned next week because yeah. blah, blah, blah is going to. And then. Yeah. Like, who shot Who JR? shot JR? You got to wait the whole summer to find oh out. Oh, my God. Right? It was fantastic. Yes. And <laughs> unrelated thing, my brother's initials are JR. And that came out when we were in like, you know, in like grade school. Uh -huh. and it was a big thing. And yeah. I was like, I shot JR. Was, I was in high school. Yeah. It was but fantastic. I okay. wasn't even born. Uh, I sh hush Frank, up. Jeremy that's all right. Born. Go ahead. <laughs> I wasn't even alive then. So anyway. That's it's the same idea as Prime. You're saying watch next week to find out what happens, right? They don't have to do that. They could have resolved it and been like, okay, play the music, do, 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 and scroll the credits, and then you'd be like, okay, it's done. But no, you have this open loop, right? An open loop in your brain that has to get closed. Your brain is going, wait, you just told me you're going to tell me something I need to know at the end, and you don't consciously say, well, I better sit through the whole thing, make sure I watch it. Your brain says. I am not going to stop doing this thing until I close this open loop. Well, it's like the Avengers movies, too. At the After mm -hmm. all the credits roll, then there's always a blank screen, and you wait for a couple of beats, and then it comes up a couple of scenes that are kind of foreshadowing what's going to happen in the next movie. I mean, right. yeah. I don't know. Jane doesn't sit through those, but I do. I I want to see those <laughs> right. little things. Yeah, well, we can't really talk about the Avengers and the Marvel movies because, Matt, how many have you seen? Of all the Marvel movies? Yeah. Four. There you go. Okay. He doesn't really know, I but I do. I have seen a movie I in a theater you. for three years. Is is there more than Coincidentally, four? Coincidentally, my daughter is three <laughs> yes. years old. There's There's a few more than four. Okay. Yeah, there's 30-something, isn't it? Is it really 30? Yeah. Holy, I think I've seen four too, Matt. So yeah, I used I think to read comic good. books all the time and stuff, and I just, I don't know. Yeah. I was like, kind of got, they kind of crammed the comic books into like this movie format, story format. Right. Where it's the same story. They just basically swap out the costumes, swap out the CGI. So can I, can I ask a question? Sure. So I watch a lot of YouTube videos about how to do YouTube videos, right? Mm -hmm. So is Facebook doing the watch to the end thing as well? Facebook doesn't have the click-through rate is not as important if you're doing lives. Yeah. But if you're doing videos, then it's watch time. Okay. And so then the ads that pop up in the middle of my Judge Judy videos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are called interstitials. Right. Which I I learned from one of the people that I watch that, like, they get or paid on the amount of time that the ad runs. Is that correct? Yes and no. 
Okay. Yeah. Depends on the ad type. So if I like the person, so just is this me, the weirdness that I am. If I like the person's video that I'm watching, you I will watch run. the ad. The whole like, <laughs> I'll just let it run because I'm like, oh, they're getting paid. Right. You know, like I'm like I. But if it's you know. So some types of ads you pay for reach, which means you're paying whether the person watches it or not, right. as long as it's shown. Uh-huh. And some of them are pay per click, so you're only paying if somebody clicks through right. to a website or something. And some of them are you only pay when somebody watches over a certain amount of seconds of the ad. Okay. If it's more than 10 seconds, that's probably the type of ad it is. is you're paying for them to the view length, it. The length, yeah. And but they change that length and stuff sometimes, so it's hard to say what it sometimes is. Sometimes the ads are really long, though. Yeah, like Yeah, like those kind like 35-minute ads Like, and it stuff. feels like they're four and five minutes sometimes in, yeah. the, in the middle. My kids watches Blippi all the time, which yeah, totally. I don't know if anybody's heard of that. But Thank it's, God I haven't. It's a guy who dresses up in funny hat and suspenders and stuff, and he just does stuff like kids' videos. Sure. Actually, kind of side note, used to be a search engine optimization company owner. <laughs> and then he started making these children's videos. Brilliant. Now he's making a fortune. But <laughs> we like that. So because she's on my YouTube account, Your daughter? she gets the ads that I would normally see. Oh. Like if it's on the TV. Uh-huh. Right. So she's watching Blippy talk about trucks or something, right? And he's like, you know, yeah, construction trucks and fire trucks and blah blah blah. And they sing a song and then an ad comes on. It's like a thirty-five minute ad about like marketing tech software right yeah right but i mean she doesn't watch it she just wanders off and plays with toys or something right yeah. sometimes yeah. she watches it she's probably good at marketing when she gets older but yeah i mean it's weird those those really long ads i don't know i assume that they work if people keep running them but i don't think i mean i would test it i guess but i would test that long after i tested 50 other things first Another question, I was watching something and an accurate auto ad came up, which is where I get my car fixed in Beaverton. And so I knew that it was targeted right at me, Mm -hmm. right? And then I was like, well, okay, so did Rick buy like Google ads or like how did that, how did that land like in front of my eyeballs? They could have Did Alexa hear me say that? Like, yeah. She's listening. (laughs) I know. So if you've been to their website before, Mm -hmm. then they can retarget you with an ad. If you were a previous customer of theirs and they have your email address or your physical address, they could upload that into an audience and then the audience could be used. Is Google doing all that? Or is like, you could is do that, that on like, Google. did they, did they like, does somebody they buy have all of that? Yeah, yeah they they're paying for to that. Do. They buy the advertising right. to do that. Right. Or they could geographically target. So they could say, I want everybody over the age of 30 who is within this Beaverton area right. or this community or this zip code or this yeah. congressional district. Or there's all kinds Anything, of ways to do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And another thing you can do is cross-platform targeting. So, like, if you have an email list, you could upload that into Facebook, which will do Facebook and uh, Messenger and uh, Instagram. And you can upload it into Google, which will do Google and any Google search partners. You could upload it into Bing, which will do Bing, Yahoo, my, and their search my partners. My email address list? It gets uploaded with a list of people, and then it's... They call it anonymized. I'm using the, like, finger quotes. Uh-huh. So then it just loads it into their system, tries to match that email address to a user, and then displays an ad. And that's Are how you... retargeting works. <laughs> <laughs> it also could be lot. done through a Facebook ID. Or a naked body on my table. All I'm saying. <laughs> You're putting that live? Right. Yeah, you don't want to do that on live, probably. <laughs> just, you know, like, mm. I think that's against oh the my God. terms I'm, of well, service. Well, I got that, but, you know, we're, we're back to the... <laughs> 
Uh, you know, it just feels really wild when we drill down to all that stuff. Right. right. Do People don't understand how targeting and stuff works. That's yeah. why they think that Jeremy and I are talking about 3D printers and the next day I see an ad for a 3D printer. It's not because my phone was listening to me. It's because the systems that are in place can figure out that I want a 3D printer and show me an ad for it. It's like when you go buy a car and then... You go out, and now you see that car everywhere. Sure. And you used to hardly ever see one, and it's because of your attention, right? Right. Like, Michelle, you talk about that sometimes, right? Yeah. What's that called? I don't even remember. That's a reticular activating system. There you go. It's a reticular activating system. It's a pressure, 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 Perfect. Wow. Okay. So let me tell you a story. Odd story. Okay. Okay. And I kind of need to anonymize this a bit because it was for a client. So we have a client who has a service that happens after a specific event in someone's life happens. Okay. And our advertising using some Google targeting, we've said, we want to target people who are likely to have this kind of life event happen to them. Okay. And we want to show ads to those people. And what happened was they saw the ad before the event happened to them for the service that they need after that happened to them. So let's say, hypothetically, this is not what it was, but hypothetically, let's say it was a divorce lawyer, and you only need the divorce lawyer if you're going to get divorced. So Google's system would have figured out that this person is likely to become divorced soon and shown them a divorce lawyer Stop ad before they it. found out they were going to get divorced. Ah! That's kind of creeping me out a little it is bit. Creepy. And it's called it's a predictive algorithm, and yeah. the way a predictive algorithm works is it figures out what are all the things that happen before millions of people, what are all the commonalities between those people and their actions that happen before this specific type of event happens. I think that's cool. <sighs> it's cool and creepy at the same time, right? <laughs> wow. It's like Minority Report, that movie, right? Yeah. We're getting yeah. closer. We're yeah. almost there. We're almost right. there. We're almost there. Pretty soon, you want to, you're just going to be like, unlock the door, and somebody's going to come in. They're going to be like, it's time for my appointment. And you're going to be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just excited for when virtual reality gets to a point where I won't need a computer screen anymore. Then you can stay Oh, it's like they're going to be, yeah, like on the wall or... Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a virtual... I put on my glasses. It's a virtual screen. I do what I want. I'm... What about that technology oh, that is stuck around? Reality, but yeah. Whatever. I'm fine with augmented reality doing that. So, so have you seen the Google Duplex is what it's called? So the Google Assistant that can make phone calls and things for you and book appointments for you? I saw it on a, I don't know if it was, a, I saw it on a, a guy talking about it, um, but I didn't like that either. You know that. <laughs> so that's coming really soon. Like it's in testing right now. Yeah. It'll be out next year. And this is going to be like... Someone will call, you know, your person at the clinic or you or whoever is going to pick up the phone and it's going to be like, hi, I'd like to book a massage appointment for John Smith. Do you have any openings on Wednesday? And they'll be like, no, but I've got Thursday at 10. And they'll be like, okay, let me check the calendar. Okay, Thursday at 10 should be fine. Here's the name. Here's the phone number. Thank you. And you click and you won't know that you will have talked to an assistant and not a real person. Really? I yeah. really won't know. Really? Well, I mean, you might. You could like try to do like a touring test on them or something where you're like, 
Well, can you tell me if you have a dog or a cat named Sparky? How much wood would woodchuck chuck? So Michelle has to do pretty severe intake when when we do total tranquility, and I just imagine the virtual Google person calling her and her trying to extract the information from right right, that you have to have to do a hypnosis session. That might be something that we should put on the YouTube test it out. Wow. If I can get a Google Duplex account, we'll test it sometime. That'd so be fun. the the difference between uh, live video and like polished video that you've seen. So live video, we all kind of know what it is, and then you see the the actual produced videos and stuff like that. Jane, do you do any produced video? No. 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 Yeah, but you have lights and stuff now, right? Like you've kind of stepped up your game a bit. So oh, I just feel like I'm like exposing myself, but. <laughs> So I'm like, I've wanted to like explore the editing part of it, you know, and get them chopped up and all that sort of stuff. But I just kind of feel like it's kind of a waste of time. But I really know that I need to clean them up a little bit and, and make them a little bit better. So, the, so no, I haven't edited anything. So remember when you were talking earlier about how, you know, oh, I guess Michelle was talking about it, how you should hire a bookkeeper and how you should hire yes. a marketer. You know you can hire people to do that for yes. you, right? And that's we're getting closer to that. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We, just checking. we don't edit this podcast, Yeah. right? We send it to Dan. Dan at Silent Outburst Productions. Right. And he edits it and puts the music in and does the voiceovers and puts all that stuff in and puts it together and he sends it back to me and I upload it. Yeah. Put the descriptions in. I stick it on my website. Bam. Yeah. That's the part that I do. We book Just the like people. That. We do the talking. We put it on the website and I don't do the rest of it. Yeah. Dan yeah. does everything else. Yeah. And we don't set up all these microphones and the recording and all that. Right. Gotta Fox have people. Rock does that. Yeah. So hiring people to do things for you, because I'm going to go to Facebook gaming because that's kind of what right. I know. Right. So Facebook gaming. Why don't is, you explain what it is as a game streamer in general? All right. So Facebook gaming is a way for people to We're gonna eat watch other people, yes, uh, watch other people play video games, basically. And, and people are like, why would you do that? And we talked in the last episode about community and building a community offline. People do that to build a community online. So when you're watching some of these people, there's one that I watch his replays is Stone Mountain 64. He's from Vancouver, Washington, Vancouver, Camas area, right? And he's got one and a half million followers. And he does one stream a day for four or five hours. And people he'll have you see how eyeballs go what right so he he plays he plays a game he talks to people he engages with the audience as they comment on the video like it share it whatever the case is and he plays the game pretty well on facebook on facebook live live okay so he'll have anywhere from one thousand to two or three thousand concurrent watchers so people watching him at one time so when you do a live video you see that little number next to it says live one it's usually your friend watching you making sure you don't look like an idiot Mm -hmm. right so you look at that number on his and it says 2.2k or something like that and people watch it because it's community so he does the live video right and people watch it and they can say this part was cool and they can clip it or whatever. But then there's a lot of production stuff and he releases three to five videos a week. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't do all of the production himself. He may, but 
when you're putting out. He releases videos on YouTube. Uh, he releases videos on well, YouTube. He takes videos out of his live stream and cuts them and puts them on YouTube, right? Yeah. So he cuts them, puts them on YouTube, puts them on Instagram. He puts them all over the place. Okay. And he does a podcast every week and, 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 right? So he's a very, very busy guy. So with companies that are doing stuff like this, bringing it back to the business side that, you know, we're all in, right? Mm -hmm. When companies do that and they do a live video, that's not all that they're doing, right? So you do a live video, but you're also doing so many more things, right? They just take and they spend the time on the production side because he knows, Stone Mountain knows that if he does the production time and gets people to watch and bring them back to his Facebook channel, bring them back to his YouTube, that they're going to stay longer and he's going to build that audience. So I think that the live video is excellent. I think that there should be, for a lot of companies, a little bit of a, a production time set aside. But I also think that if you're not good at it, if you need to be doing other things, because you're not making money if you're doing production on a video, you need somebody on your table or you need to be doing the spa thing, right? I, well, I feel like, I mean, I love I love the whole video world, mm -hmm. but I feel like I don't make money unless somebody's in front of me right? or I'm talking to a person. That's how I feel like I make my income. Right. Like person to person, not I feel like the the video is like my yellow pages of the old school stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the presence, it's the community, it's that kind of thing. But I don't feel like I make money there. Well, there's scale matters too, right? So mm -hmm. if your company is, you know, has $15 million a year in revenue and 120 employees, you should be at a different level of your video recording than yeah. somebody who's a freelancer. Right. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that your videos have to be shitty because you're a freelancer, right? It just means maybe if you and Michelle get together and you're going to do a video, you can have your phone on Facebook Live and Michelle's phone on Instagram Live at the same time so that you can kill two birds with one stone, right? Or maybe you have a third camera that's on a tripod and it records it for your YouTube video. And then mm -hmm. you can edit that one that goes to YouTube, but use the live for Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. You know, so you can do kind of more things at once. But if you're a large company, then you should have a spot that has a proper backdrop and you should have professional lighting and you should have professional level cameras that are on stands with equipment and like UBS streaming software set up that automatically streams to all the platforms and you should be scheduled and practiced yeah. and your people should have read through their script in advance. Yep. And, you know, like this stuff should happen depending upon the size of, of your company and your following. And some companies, especially... If you're in like a world like finance or something, you need legal approvals and financial approvals, especially like mortgage and housing and stuff like that. So you need to have those scripts made in advance so that they can be sent for approval and then you can't go off script, right? Right. But it doesn't mean you can't do live video. It just means you need to prep first. Right. Right. And some of that might be improving the production of your video doesn't necessarily mean shooting at first and then editing. Maybe it just means a little more prep time before you go live. Maybe it means instead of cue cards, we're going to write it on a whiteboard and put it somewhere behind the camera so you can see it so you don't have to look down, right? Right, right. Maybe it means chit-chatting between each other about what you're going to talk about a little bit before you go on. So getting, you know, a couple big lights that you can set up. Right. So let's talk barrier. To, you brought up a good point there get a couple of lights barrier to entry. So when you started doing this, you didn't have lights or anything, right? Or did you? 
No. Okay. So your barrier to entry is a cell phone with a camera. So if you're trying to do these things, if you're trying to start doing lives, you're not going to have a million and a half followers or subscribers or whatever the case is, right? You're going to have your friend across the room or wherever they may be watching it. One person having a conversation with your phone. You don't need to put a bunch of money into this to start. You no, can start, and then once you notice, like, hey, I'm getting more people watching this. I'm getting more interaction and stuff like that. Then, okay, maybe let's let's add a light. It can be a lamp where you've taken and put the right color of light, because Jane said it earlier. She makes sure she looks cute beforehand, so go find what light you look the best in. Right. Get that light and put a lamp up, you know, on the other side of the camera. Get a small little handheld tripod or something so you're not holding the camera and doing shaky cam while you're you're trying to do this live video. So start small, spend a little amount of money, and you know try to level yourself up as time goes on. And now you want to test it. Here's a good trick. Go to Facebook, make a group, a secret group, where you and maybe one or two of your friends or coworkers are the only people in that group, and live stream inside the secret group. Because no one else can see it. Oh. Then you can go back and watch it after without anybody else having seen it. And you can fix your lights. You can change the background. You can go, oh, you yeah. know, there's a bunch of crap behind me. Or, Good idea. You know, yeah. make sure there's no customer identifiable information around on your desk or something, right? Like I was at a garage the other day and they were going to do some live streaming. And I'm like, well, you need to cover the license plates, the cars, right? And I like know, to so have just a whiteboard with social security numbers. Behind yeah, it. you just put everybody's social security number on. But it's easy to get started, and unless you get paid for advertising, views is a vanity metric. It's absolutely meaningless views to revenue of your business, right? Right. It just makes you feel good. You're like, oh, wow, a thousand people watched my video this week, so I feel good. Well, if 10 people watched it, but five of them come into your store and buy something, it's a lot better than a thousand people watching it that you don't care about, right? Right. right. Or they're watching it for three seconds and then jump off. Right. right. And yeah. that's that's also a difference between Facebook and YouTube, too. Facebook, that three-second view while somebody's kind of scrolling down the the feed, they stop and say, oh, that's a video. Uh, I don't really care. That three seconds counts as, as a, a view. view. Right. So in YouTube, they want to know how many people watch this for a length. So I, I'm not 100% sure. So how does that work, Matt? I think it's five seconds. Count. Well, I mean, you can get view metrics now. There's also third-party software you can get that will tell you stuff about your watch time on your videos. So it'll tell you like where the drop-off points are, and a drop-off point is like, say, a thousand people are watching it for two minutes, and then suddenly it goes to like 200 people watching it. You know that you need to fix that part of your video because that's where everybody's like oh, hanging yeah. up, basically, right? Yeah. So you can watch, find your drop points. Another thing that you can do is you can test videos. So you could put out, say, two or three videos that are basically about the same thing, but you kind of talk about them a little bit differently, and you put you know, the same thumbnail on them and just slightly different kind of headlines on them, and people watch them, and you figure out where people drop off on each video, and then you get rid of the ones that are crappy. There's all kinds of ways to do testing. And another good way to do it, especially on Facebook, is and I know that we talked about edited videos on YouTube, but live videos on Instagram and Facebook but we haven't talked about edited videos on Facebook and Instagram. So if you're going to make a video that you want to get out to a whole bunch of people on Facebook and Instagram, what you should be doing is shooting it in advance and then cutting the video so it's square. Because when the video is square, when you count 
the part where your icon and your title of your company is. So it'll be like your picture and it'll say Book of Jane, right? And mm -hmm. you'll have a couple sentences like, hey guys, this is my video about our new super dry body brushing. And then you're gonna have a square video. And then there's like a little bit of text or whatever at the bottom of it. When your video is square, it takes up the whole screen at once. I don't know what that means. That means when you're looking at it on your phone, right? Okay. If you have a phone like this, right. it'll have your information. And then the video is square. So they don't see what the next post is. Oh, so they don't I see. get distracted okay. and scroll Did you understand down that, to Michelle? the next Look thing. at that face. Not I can, really. I mean, yeah. I understand it now that he explained it. So if your it, video is yeah. sideways, yes. it takes up less space on the device that you're watching it on. Oh, okay. But if it's square, it's bigger. Gotcha. So, so anyways, you can make it square you make in it square editing. In an, yeah, in, in a video editor. You make it square. And then... Is that like a... Right? <laughs> It is. Is that like a click? Because it sounds well, complicated. It's a little more than that, but yeah. not much more than that, honestly. Okay. It's like a setting. Okay. So once your video is square, the next biggest step is it has to be subtitled. Okay. And the reason that it has to be subtitled is lots of people, most people who watch video on Facebook are watching it with the sound off. So if there's no subtitle, they can't hear you. Ew. Right? Really? It's like 80-something percent. 80? I hardly ever turn on the sound on my videos. Now, if people are going to see a live video, they expect that they need the sound on, so the percentage is higher. But but Facebook is also gonna, working on uh, right. captioning, live captioning. It does have live captioning right now, but the captioning, you need to go through and, and edit it. So if you upload a video to Facebook, it'll put captions in that you can edit, so you can just do it right in Facebook. Uh, it's better if you do it in video editing software first. And now you've got your video that you edited, right? So you cut it square, you've got subtitles, and now you've uploaded it into Facebook or Instagram or both, whatever, right? Then now you can use video view ads. And video view ads, you put in the area, like the geographical area you want, and who are the people that you want to see this video. So what are they interested in? You know, you can, you can do this targeting, right, that you want to do. And then if those people watch a lot of your video, if they click on it, just like we were talking about click-through rate on YouTube. So you have to make sure it has a good thumbnail, right? Because there's a thumbnail on Facebook videos, just like on YouTube videos. There's a headline, like a description, right? That gets people to watch it. Once they watch it, it's based on watch time. And if you have a good click-through rate and you have a, a really good watch time, then the cost of reaching people for your advertising gets cheaper. And it gets almost exponentially cheaper. So we've had video ads that we've run for people where so many people liked watching that video that we were getting video views for 0.04 cents a view. So not one penny and not a tenth of a penny, but four hundredths of a penny to get someone to watch it. So if you can imagine that math, we're not going to do the math right now. I'm just <laughs> saying that that is thousands and thousands and thousands of views for almost no money, right? And did if the you views, have a product or did service, the views like create income or we just after views for the products and services? It's going to depend on what you do. Yeah. Right. So a good example would be, let's say you sell things to real estate agents because that's something that we do a lot. OK, so video might be here's other real estate agents setting up an open house using our products. OK. And so here's some ideas for things you could do for your open house. OK. We want as many realtors as we can to watch that video because we're building an audience of people who've watched that video. Now I go into Facebook ad manager and I say, 
I want an audience of anyone who's watched more than 50% of that video. Now I want to show them an ad for the product that was in the video. And because they've already seen it and seen how to use it, they're more receptive to buying the product. Got it. More receptive to the point of generally we get anywhere from five to seven times more sales if they've seen it before than if they haven't. Got it. Okay. Make sense? Yeah. Clear as mud. Yeah. And it could be your video views could be for, you know, it could be a movie trailer or it could be like, come see my YouTube channel or it could be like whatever it is, right? I mean, there's lots of ways you can use video and you can do it for cheap. So let's say you have a local business like you do. You could have, here's the community of women that we have in our business and we're going to talk about what we do and how we help each other and, and what are the services each of us do and come and join our community of women. We're going to have an open house so you guys can all come and see it and you send that out. You're not saying buy my stuff, right? Right. And each of you throw in $20, $30 and, and there's what, five of you in the office, right? $150, probably in the neighborhood of five to 10 cents of you. You can have 3,000 people watch that. Wow. For 30 bucks each. So now that we've blown your mind, watching videos, making videos, it, it, it happens. It's what we do when we're bored, when we're going home to watch Judge Judy or whatever the case is, right? So the barrier to entry is pretty simple. If you have a phone and an internet connection, you can make a Facebook account and you can go live. Edited video is also something that when you've done your live and you need to refine things a little bit more, then you go ahead and start working on that edited video. If you can't do it yourself in a timely, profitable manner, like if you're wasting 10 hours to try to edit three minutes of video, pay somebody, please, for the love of all that is holy, <laughs> pay somebody to do it. But do it. Level up as you're starting to see a return on those videos and stuff. But thank you, ladies, for joining us. I appreciate your input, and I look forward to watching you grow and succeed in the video spaces. Thank you. Thanks, Jeremy. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Markoff. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Join us next week when our guest, Brian Welsh, talks about using professional photography to tell your story and grow your brand. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson, mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.